hello out there, all of you wonderful people in podcast land. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Photography Brothers, which is a podcast hosted uh, by myself, Jared Poirier. And I am here with a, another uh, amazing, inspiring creative. Thank you, man. Uh, Michael Costa, <laughs> thanks for uh, pointing the finger my way. Uh, Hi guys, if you, you're new to the channel, welcome, and uh, we're excited to have you on. Yeah, welcome everybody, our uh, returning listeners and uh, any new listeners that might be tuning in. Um, this is the Photography Brothers, I probably already said that. Uh, we are the Photography Brothers, we're your Photography Brothers, and, right. uh, and this is a show about photography, and it would be pretty weird if we called it Photography Brothers, and it was about... <laughs> like sports or something. That'd be weird. I feel like Those is, Leafs I with the like two one win. The rails already. Is this already <laughs> off the rails? <laughs> nah, man. It's personality, uh, man. We gotta let them know what we're about. You know. Exactly. We're about prepping for podcasts, putting together a very professional show, and uh, and really just raising the bar in terms of uh, podcast entertainment uh that's what we do here on the photography brothers and today's episode is no exception we've got a great topic uh courtesy of my man michael costa and a um well pretty pretty uh interesting maybe uh thought provoking i don't want to say too much right now but uh should have a good news story uh courtesy of yours truly as well your photography brother jared poirier the one with the big ears. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm the one with the big ears, and you're the one with the ponytail. You have normal sized ears, man. Don't mm. don't be. Come on, man. You're, you you got great ears. To make them smaller. Ah. They're, they're kind of big. It's okay. It's so I can hear you, Brett. It's so I can hear you better, my brother. Oh, I got a big mouth, so you need big ears to hear everything <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> exactly, bro. That's Beautiful. what the listeners are here for. So uh, what's your what's your topic today, my man? Let's get into it. Okay, so my topic today, I feel like ultimately revolves around an issue, depending on your perspective, um, around I how you identify as a creative. So, okay, um, I have some, some, I will be looking off screen every once in a while. I had made some notes because what I quickly realized was that this is something that, uh, I think actually might resonate with a lot of people. Mm. That's, uh, that's unfortunate. I know some, uh, podcasters who use notes and they're all cowards. Ah, <laughs> I mean, everything is off the top of my head and I look off to remember what I just gazing off into the empty emptiness that is behind the camera and, and yeah, just, you yeah. have a you have a picture of uh of your sony i have a picture big, big, yeah uh, like an 11 by 17 and yeah. you just look at that for inspiration and that's what you're looking at yeah when i want to get excited just just want i gotta look at it um just the just the sony logo and the ceo of sony <laughs> going <laughs> great job michael keep going exactly wow man yeah jared's seen the setup yeah. Hey, they're increasing market share every day, man. Sony's doing all right. So, what I want to ultimately talk about is this this thing that we hear that we say all the time, and it's style. What what is your mm -hmm. style? What what? How do you like to edit? What do you how do you play with your settings? 
Um, ultimately, those turn into presets that people sell, that turns into an identity that people um, have of you, right? Like you think of Brandon Waffle, you know him as the nighttime, uh, low light, but like beautiful neon photography. And, and, and like there's, there's a perspective that we have on him. Um, and I want to talk about that just a little bit because um, I think that there's maybe depending on your perspective, a positive light in that. And I think depending on your positive, a negative light in that, because, you know, I, I was reading it. Okay. So I was reading an article. I was reading an article um, yesterday or the day before, and it was a different struggle. It, it, there's this guy called Man Ray. Okay. This guy is, is like from the 19, early 1900s, 1920s. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, and he, I did not know who he was, so don't worry, everybody, (laughs) none of us remember, unfortunately, and maybe you do, maybe you studied it, but he is like supposed to be legendary. Like he was an innovator, the way he changed things, the way he, he viewed photography was really beautiful, but he, he did not identify as a photographer. He identified as a painter. Uh, I think we move forward to 2020, 2021, the, the, the thing that I think the struggle I think we seem to have now is more so like, you know, what, you know, do I identify with this style or do I, do I, do I identify with this style? Should I identify myself with the style? I think the questions changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. What, what I find interesting is that we all feel this need to find a consistency in how we edit our images. And I don't mean quality. I think you can have a standard level of quality in how you edit uh, your your mm-hmm. photos, but I think that there's something to be said about what you're capturing and why you're capturing it. And this can be true, by the way, from an uh, purely from an artistic viewpoint and from a business standpoint, because mm-hmm. the way I see it is, you know, when we're capturing something, we are trying to either capture the true essence of that thing, or we are trying to capture a unique vision that is kind of just growing in here in this in this in in my case mainly empty noggin okay so in saying that when you try to stick to a style does that necessarily allow you the ability to 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 do that and to to fully get what you want out of an image all the time maybe for a, maybe if you're constantly shooting street but everyone evolves and they take photos of different things and then their objectives change. And so does having a style and staying to it make sense all the time? Should you, should you even have a style? I had a conversation with a very short conversation uh, with Andrew Kearns once. I asked him over Instagram DM slid in and it actually worked, believe it or not. Slid in and it worked. It actually yeah. worked. And I asked him about style and he's like, I don't have a style anymore. I edit to the image. Mm-hmm. What does the image want, right? And and I really thought about that for a long time. And then mm-hmm. seeing some of these articles that have come up, it kind of just stew. And I, I messaged uh, Jared and I said, I'd really love for this to be a topic because, yeah, you know, it, I think it's an, an interesting one because ultimately what... I think f- so too. Right? I think what fuels it ultimately is there is a perception and, and honestly a fairly accurate one that we won't get hired unless our there's a consistency to our feed or portfolio that people can look at us and say they are that kind of guy or that kind of girl and it tends to be the case i don't know if it's 
if it's the right approach though, right? Like, do we show companies the same side of us or do we experiment a little bit and really play and show the different elements? Like we're creatives, man. Like we're not supposed to be locked into a certain uh, perspective, certain editing style. I think that we should use the tools that we have that, that told us, hey, you should be doing something in a creative field to adapt in, in the different kind of photos that we get, the different kind of projects that we get. And I think that that could actually be appreciated from a client perspective, but I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot yeah, to unravel. Having that variety, having that variety to your work uh, yeah. could be something that is an asset. And uh, and I definitely see from the, like, especially from like the artist perspective, from the creative perspective, uh, you don't want to be putting yourself too much in a box necessarily. Um, yeah, I mean, when you brought up this topic uh, this morning <laughs> or last night, whenever it was, I was pretty excited about it. Um, I definitely immediately was like, "This is a this is a great uh, topic, very photo bros." Yes. Um, and immediately, what came to mind, of course, there's like the the photo editing perspective. You know, what are your presets that you're using in Lightroom? Uh, do you usually have images that are more colorful, images that are a little more uh, toned? back in terms of uh, saturation are you shooting black and white are you shooting high contrast you know really getting a uh, getting kind of a brand I guess yeah. right in your images where people see that image um, and they they know exactly what it is I think that's true as well not just for photography since this is uh, photography bros we're obviously going to discuss uh, photography itself but um, with like video content and stuff like yeah. that that uh, also factors in and it got me thinking a lot about that and my own experiences um, as a creator and when you look at guys like Peter McKinnon and yeah. Casey Neistat and stuff like that like the big names uh, they definitely do have uh, a, a particular editing style and uh, you know a particular uh, kind of I guess like house um, like house style guide in a way of how they produce their videos within watching the first three seconds of uh, Peter McKinnon video, even if his, you know, little uh, Canadian face, <laughs> his beautiful, beautiful bearded face uh, isn't <laughs> on there. And, you know, you still know it's his video. Same thing with Casey, right? By like the editing style and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, man, I, I, I'm hoping that we kind of get to the bottom of it here and, uh, and maybe through this discussion we're able to uh, get some enlightenment right now I'm kind of stuck in both world uh, both worlds to be honest I'm kind of thinking like from the artist perspective you need to uh, you need to experiment you need to do whatever you want and you can't be locked down um, but from a business perspective you got you have to be known for something right like right now I I'm focusing on uh, on doing like my vlogs and I'm focusing on this podcast I'm not doing uh, movie reviews I'm not doing music videos I'm not doing a whole bunch of other stuff right I'm focused on my content and I'm focused on real estate and you know that's my brand and that's what I'm working towards um, but yeah I mean there's definitely an argument to be made on uh, on both sides for sure yeah yeah, and you know what I think I think what it ultimately comes down to is I think there's a medium at least that we can start at. And I think you bring up a good point and like I said it's it's an accurate one. It's like people look for it. Our clients look for edit consistency. They want to know that they can go to you for a certain thing and you know it in and out and you can make images look like this, right? They want that vibe, that feeling. And I get it. 
I feel like there might be a medium place um, where, where, okay, you've done this for a while. You have your portfolio up. At the very least, start playing on the personal, just fun, like ex- ex- outside of the client space, just experiment a lot more. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, like, what do we lose? We lose the ability to grow, right? So, like, I think ultimately, like, taking on crazy projects, like, these man, projects are so important. Just for yourself, personal projects that you kind of go and you do and you shoot and you take them on and then you apply those things, start applying those things and integrating them into your style, maybe. Uh, maybe you play around so much that you have this really deep portfolio of really good just really good photos and they look different but Mm -hmm. it's undoubtedly when you look at that when you look at that feed maybe not from a a nine a nine grid uh, maybe from their perspective it's not as pretty and cohesive but when you dive in every photo is solid and 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 instead maybe a client looks at you and goes this person's dynamic right so I don't know. I, I think there's there's so many ways to play, and I don't know if we do come to an answer today. I don't I don't I don't know. But um, uh, I feel like yeah. we're I feel like we're already closer. I feel like we're already getting closer. Just just talking to you, Michael, is really uh, <laughs> is really parting parting the clouds a little bit. I'm starting to see a little bit more clearly. I think yeah, that is a lot of it, man. Finding that balance. I think uh, having having focus, having like a a niche thing that you professionally do like mine right now is uh is doing like the real estate videos yeah. and a little bit of the work that I, video work I've been doing for restaurants and and stuff like that like having those things that are to be honest getting a little bit formulaic like I get to this to the site um, I know exactly what I need to shoot I know exactly the process to edit there's still room for creativity in there especially when you're working um, you know with the type of clients that allow you uh some creative flexibility and they'll trust you and you say like no no i gotta shoot it this way and i gotta edit it this way and and they'll because you know they've developed a a working relationship with you and that trust is really there and the work that you've done for them before has been impressive and delivered results more importantly um that they're willing to trust you and they're they're willing to uh to let you uh, do what needs to be done. Um, but in addition to, you know, doing the thing that you're well practiced at and the thing that you have more of, uh, more of the process down, I think being able to create, uh, outside of that and have kind of your own personal passion projects is really important. I was trying to think of an example of something like this. And the only one that I could really think of off the top of my head was, uh, was with the Ramones. It was, uh, Didi, Didi Ramone, who I think was the bass player. Like, uh, you know, the Ramones are what they are. They're a punk band. They're known for their like four chord, you know, punk music and same sort of thing. I mean, if you hear a song by the Ramones, first few seconds, you know, it's a freaking Ramones song, right? But he was also a rapper and had like, uh, you know, a hip hop album and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of goofy, um, but it's really, it's really goofy. Uh, go ahead, go ahead and look up, uh, DD, DD Ramone's, uh, rap career. Um, but you know, I think that's a good example of, of an artist who didn't let himself get locked down. So that's just one that came to the top of my head. There's tons of, uh, other examples of this, especially in like the music world and yeah. even movies and things where people have kind of the, the normal thing that they do. And then, uh, kind of, a, a passion project on the side so that, uh, they can stay creative as an artist. So like I, like I was saying, maybe we're getting a little bit closer to the answer here uh and maybe that's it maybe man maybe i think you so you did a great job 
right there. And, and I, I really appreciate you, you touching on those things. And a lot of what you spoke Thanks, about was artistic in nature, which is really mm-hmm. cool. And, and even if we want to relate this back, you mentioned real estate. Okay. So now let's talk clients. Okay. So, uh, obviously not referring to, to Jared cause Jared's one of the best in the city. But when we talk about, you know, maybe you're growing, you have, you have some, um, you have a style that you're locked into. Um, you know, maybe you're taking, taking f- wide images and you're kind of just getting that, but maybe, maybe you want to go, Hey, you know what? Maybe you, you ask the guy, you ask the girl, whoever your client is, you go, Hey, what if we start there? What in the staging, there's some really interesting detail. What if we want to just really punch in and get a lot of that detail image as well? Like in the crown molding is beautiful. This and that you want to punch in and not just have a wide. So you're adding extra dimension and it's, it's, it is a little bit of a different approach in, in state in state of thinking as well when you want to punch in and do that kind of stuff too so there's it's even like you were mentioning jared it's like it's a lot of the approach it's not just a a preset that that you use it's it's actually a style is largely you know interpreted by by process and in what and how you shoot and how you think when you shoot so Mm -hmm. even just like thinking about perspective when you're there and like bringing it up and asking and, and if they say no they say no but at least you're trying right yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And also from the point of view of your clients, um, I think that f- like if you are a big company or even a small company, really, if you're hiring out creative, I think ideally, honestly, what you want is uh, somebody who is <laughs> well, you're high in creative. You want someone who's creative. In a sense, you do want an artist, right? You don't want somebody who's going to give you the same cookie cutter thing every time. Yeah. And I think you do want to be looking for somebody who, yes, like has their niche and has their thing that is reliable, um, but also somebody who's experimenting and growing so that your stuff is constantly getting better. Like with uh, with the Think Real Estate channel that I run for my client, Paul, like if I just, uh, you know, we've been working on that for uh, about a year now and the, the types of videos and the quality of the videos is, is quite different, you know? It's like we've made a lot of improvements and uh, just looking at his like audience and what they want, we've, we've changed a lot. So yeah, I think um, from, from both perspectives, from the perspective of, uh, of the creative, of the artists themselves, uh, you need to, you know, have your thing, but also experiment. And also uh, from the perspective of, you know, the company uh, that's hiring out creative work, I think that you want to be looking for uh, a creative who is creative, <laughs> who is constantly experimenting, uh, constantly growing. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think you have to have to accept that. Don't be their screwdriver, be their Swiss Army knife. Oh, I love that, man. Very Thanks, true. man. I, I was, true. I was, you know, it took me a while, but I came up with something. <laughs> <laughs> something witty. So, yeah, I guess, uh, wow, I guess we solved it. <laughs> I guess so, man. Just two scientists <laughs> cramming our brains together. <laughs> I guess art is solved now. Art That's is great. solved. Any dilemma. There's a lot. Yeah. So many other problems in the world, but you guys don't have to worry about art anymore. We understand <laughs> exactly what to do. Um, okay, that was a great topic, man. Um, yeah, really interesting. I hope that uh, the listeners out there got a lot out of it. I know that uh, I did. It sounds like you did as well. Great yeah. discussion. I think we're ready to go into the news. Let's do it. All right. 
I have a news story for you today. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, followers, subscribers, supporters of the podcast, all of your hard work in sharing our podcast episodes, it's all going to pay off right here because this topic is amazing. <laughs> we are talking about Nikon today, ladies and gentlemen, and this might be part of uh, kind of an ongoing, uh, I'm not going to say an ongoing series since it is part of Photo News, but just kind of uh, an ongoing segment, keeping of keep, an ongoing segment, ongoing keeping of my eye on you, Nikon, um, <laughs> because I don't want to be—I <laughs> don't want to be the bearer of uh, bad news here. I think Nikon is in a lot of trouble, and I just want to be honest about this. I know that there are some, um, you know, new photographers and new content creators that watch this channel, that uh, listen to the podcast, and uh, you, you got to know that when you're coming to Photography Brothers, we're going to give you our our true opinion. And, uh, and a true assessment of the situation. If I was uh, getting into photography and videography right now, I would not be buying a Nikon camera. No. So, and the biggest, uh, the biggest news that has come out recently is that, um, I mean, read into this what you will, but on the Japanese website, Nikon, Nikon has just qualified two of their most popular cameras, the D3500 and the D5600. Uh, which are um, DSLR cameras. Uh, they have classified them as old cameras on their Japanese website. And in the past, this has been um, basically the first step on the path to these cameras being discontinued. So uh, these incredibly popular, uh, I believe they're both crop sensor cameras, are probably going to be uh, going out of uh, manufacturing so yeah be making these cameras anymore and you know that means a lot in terms of like firmware support lens support all of that type of stuff um, essentially for the entry-level people uh, this seems to be giving them a big middle finger uh, because these are like I said uh, really popular cameras some of yeah. the most popular cameras uh, in Japan. Actually, the uh, 5600 was, in 2020, the best-selling DSLR in Japan. Yeah. Uh, and they're still still going to be discontinuing this. Uh, and these are pretty cheap cameras that, that were a good, honestly, a pretty good um, entry-level option. Um, one of my editors, Tristan, was shooting on one for a while until he bought uh, a 6D. Um, and those are there. You can get, get them for about $600, uh, for the, um, not for a 6D, but <laughs> for a, uh, 3,500 and about, uh, $900, um, for the 5,600 yeah. body. Um, so I don't know. What do we make of this, man? What's, uh, what's going on here with, with Nikon? Why, why, uh, why are they abandoning, um, entry level photographers and videographers here, buddy? Well, um, I think what it could mean is that something is coming. So yeah. we know they're investing a lot of time, a lot of R&D and, and uh, effort in general into their, their mirrorless lineup right now. And, mm -hmm. and for them to have discontinued two extremely popular cameras, especially that, uh, the, uh, 56 hundred, um, yeah, you yeah. I mean, you mentioned it, it doesn't need any more explaining. It's, it's a popular camera. Um, it, it only makes sense to me that they have something coming very soon 
on yeah. on the mirrorless side because I don't think I mean when you look at those kinds of numbers, Japan by the way, if you don't know this, Japan everyone is like a massive contributor to camera sales, okay? So very very big. And and so to see a number like that and then to see discontinued in the same headline might be confusing, but I think they're probably going to have something come along very very soon that is going to replace probably the two of those cameras and speak some sort of similar design language, whatever, whatever is helping to move these bodies, they're going to try and encapsulate, but in a mirrorless mirrorless setup and probably try to keep it within the same price range. But I mean, what you mentioned, right? Like those, those price points are pretty incredible for, for, uh, for cameras that are this popular and, and, uh, yeah. And can do, I guess, what everyone deems as, as uh, valuable enough. Um, so it's sure, interesting. Yeah. Sure. I think it, yeah, it really speaks to, uh, to what you were mentioning there. Um, Nikon uh, really doubling down, uh, committing more to the mirrorless scene, which I have to admit, I'm shooting this on an SLR, but uh, mirrorless seems to be the way that things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really uh, pushing that Z series of cameras, uh, the Z5 and the Z50, I think have been the most popular uh, offerings uh, in terms of Nikon mirrorless uh, so far. So yeah, I definitely think it's indicative of wanting to move more in that mirrorless direction, um, which I I mean, that's not a bad financial decision. I think that one makes sense. Um, I also think that it's indicative though of just the fact that the company company is struggling yeah. economically um, and then just a little bit of research on this that I did today uh, the news does not look good um, they are they had an operating deficit of uh, 430 million US dollars um, not amazing yeah it looks a lot more if you look at it in yen it looks like freaking 200 billion yen or something that's wild when you <laughs> that's unreal look at it in yen. <laughs> it's scary um, but uh, they also in 2020 cut Uh, about 20% of their workforce. So that's like 20% of people laid off. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, run a business or (laughs) follow business news. Uh, Laying off your employees isn't usually uh, a sign that you're trying to grow the business further. (laughs) So, I mean, I I have a pretty small business and I hired people in 2020. Um, So anyways, uh, just just interesting. And uh, and another thing, if you look at market share, uh, which is always a good indicator, uh, just going back a few years to 2014, Canon was doing uh, pretty well with about 32% of the market share, which is comparable to how Sony, one of the biggest camera companies, is uh, is rocking things now. Um, so from 32% in 2014, they are now at 18% of the market share in 2020 and, uh, and losing market share. Um, pretty rapidly to uh to sony Hmm. and canon is taking up more and more um a couple other things that uh just for some historical perspective here i guess it's not really that historical since this happened last year Um, still history company it's it's last year history uh camera companies go out of business uh you guys may have heard of a little company called olympus olympus yeah. Olympus, yes. Uh, Olympus, which sold their uh, camera division for parts <laughs> um, to, <laughs> to some uh, the, in the, the same way that one might sell an old bike or a fridge. Exactly. Um, 
to uh, to some Japanese um, big Japanese te uh, tech conglomerate. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with that, but Olympus is not making manufacturing, marketing, selling cameras anymore. And there is a possibility, and uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say um, maybe uh, you know even a pretty good possibility uh, that Nikon isn't going to be around for very much longer, guys. And uh, and that and when that does happen, I know that people are going to they're going to try to blame the photography brothers. But uh, <laughs> Nik Nik Nikon, you blame you blame yourselves, okay? You blame yourself, yourselves. Uh, got yourself into this position. So, what do you think of that uh, financial news, Michael? I know that you're uh, a bit of a numbers guy yourself, bit of an entrepreneur yourself. How's that looking uh, to you, man? I think. Uh, well, wow, yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's quite the deficit. I'm sure it was <laughs> it was difficult for for all the camera companies. I mean, the hobby of photography, yeah. even just the hobby side of photography. Um, probably took a massive dip in general, um, but but Nikon, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt when you're when you're considering entry level options, you're considering uh, semi pro to pro, like Nikon just isn't in the conversation right now. Um, the only camera I would say that's probably, I mean, actually, honestly, two cameras I'd say would be the D fifty six hundred, which we're talking about, but but also the D D seven fifty, which is still very capable camera, very um, very popular i think it's still a little on the high end um which doesn't help and probably why they're not in the top you know top two top three uh in in, in sales under that brand but um yeah i think the honestly the quicker they can move things over to the to their z line i think is going to be better for them and i think they're doing decent decent stuff with mirrorless i'm hoping that this means all of this means that they truly are just really investing right you have car manufacturers that are truly investing in in the future of of what that of, of that industry which is ev and then it, i think we're seeing a very similar shift in the mirrorless side for cameras and i i think the quicker people can switch over the better that's that it, it screwed olympus olympus mm. in general was not they were not doing enough in general, even in the DSLR game when that was a primary, um, pr a primary focus. It, it yeah. Olympus was just always a little bit behind. I don't know if it was a lack in R and D or, uh, or what that was. But I think what the trend will always point towards how how quickly did you adapt? And I think hopefully, because I you know you want to see Canon make it. I joke around a lot, you know. I, I you mean Nikon? Nike. What did I say? Canon's gonna make it, bro. That you said you want to see Canon make it. They got like fifty percent of the market. No, no, no. Okay. Canon, you know. Canon can die. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> well, they're uh, not gonna. They're not gonna. No, you're right. Sorry. sorry. Nikon, <laughs> Nikon. I want them to make it. I want there to be a competition. Yeah. Everyone drives competition yeah. and improvement. Yeah. But um, hell yeah. But uh, yeah, hopefully this means that they're really double dipping and and are, are moving things in the right direction. I think so, man. I just, I don't know. Um, I don't know if a hard pivot to the mirrorless is really going to save them. I mean, like I'm, like I said, that's where technology is going. And that's obviously uh, the smart move in the long run. Um, Sony has gained so much of the market share yeah. in uh, digital cameras purely like that, exactly like that um, by pushing the boundaries of, uh, you know, full frame mirrorless technology. Uh, and to a point where Canon is uh, even, you know, 
having a hard time keeping up. Um, but I did, I was kind of thinking along those lines as well. And this is what kind of changed my thinking on that. I'll tell you right now. I looked up on Amazon, amazon.com, little website you may have heard of. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I checked out, <laughs> some people buy cameras on there and stuff sometimes. Um, what do you think are the top selling cameras, top selling digital cameras on Amazon? Like top, top, give me what, a top three or top five or, or what? Uh, well, there's some other like crappy ones kind of mixed in there, but like, okay. just what do you, yeah, what do you think is in, uh, uh, is in like the top, the top, uh, ranging cameras there? Uh, of 2020? Yeah. Is this just in general? Used? Or up to date stats. New and used up to date stats. I'm going to say one of the A6000 series cameras from Sony. So A6000 or an A63, 64. A63 is on the bottom of the list. Yeah. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Um, I'm going to say probably the A7 III is probably no. the. So the, T, the T7. Oh, T7 is dominating, is dominating on Amazon. The only thing that's uh, even close is the G7X. So those are two really? entry level crop sensor. Uh, I mean, the G7X isn't even uh, interchangeable lens. Um, but yeah, man, it's all it's all Canon T, Canon T series. The these are uh, crop sensor entry level, um, you know, thousand dollar or less, pretty much um canon dslr cameras are still dominating the sales interesting on Amazon. yeah so yeah i mean maybe this is exactly the wrong thing to be doing it's true um, maybe, yeah you know maybe nikon could say you know what we're going to continue to push our um our mirrorless cameras of course our, our z series cameras and uh and bankroll those improvements uh with the tried and true with the slrs that seems to be um canon's approach and honestly it seems to be working and uh i know people who bought uh you know canon full frame slrs for professional use like this year so it's still uh very much um very much uh, an alive uh, system like the the EF mount isn't going anywhere yet, and uh, and yeah, just just uh, an interesting uh, perspective to to take that on, man. If I was Nikon, I don't know really what's going to save you, but I don't know if canceling um, canceling the cameras that are actually selling really well, um, even if it's an older technology, is the answer. But yeah, man, you know what? I think it's it's such an interesting place right now. It's such an interesting position because because here's the thing mirrorless is growing a lot yeah that's that's yeah. the theme that's fact um facts i think it's mainly growing in the entry level side for the most part you have a lot of people we have our influencers as younger individuals we have our idols we follow their advice everyone's saying go mirrorless we all know mirrorless is the trend and that's what's happening mm -hmm. with that being mm -hmm. said there are tons tons especially in wildlife sports like so many photographers that live in and die by dslr technology mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. although some are converting and they like to bring those people to the shows and and, and 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 get them to talk about how amazing the mirrorless is um and it is great um you do have to accommodate like to your point i think is it uh is it okay if you're just eliminating the 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 
the crop sensor side of the of, of things and you keep the full frame because the committed people that are already invested are probably shooting full frame anyways maybe that's their thinking who knows but to your point man i think like if we see that they announce like a mirrorless equivalent to these two cameras mm -hmm. but it only yeah. happens a year or over then this mm -hmm. didn't make any sense like th an announcement yeah. has to come like this week this month like quickly, it needs yeah. to be quick because otherwise why why not right like mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you, you maybe i think i think they're concerned about an overlap for sure right like you you know you if it's not an option you can't go to it and you mm -hmm. have to pay more and, and get in, into the new ecosystem but um at the same time it's at the dilemma of course it's making the money but Mm -hmm. Ah man, it's such a tough, it's yeah. such a tough, uh, like strategic <clears throat> position to have to be in. Yeah. And as, as consumers, um, you know, and as artists and as photographers and, and videographers and content creators and, and the rest of it, um, I think you did bring up the golden point, which is that we all benefit from there being a lot of competition. Like yeah. when I see, you know, that, uh, Lumix cameras aren't doing great. When I see Olympus going out of business, when I see Nikon now struggling, like we're getting obviously camera sales overall, especially with what we talked about on uh, on last week's episode. We talked about uh, smartphone technology replacing cameras. So now we've got you know a smaller pie overall, and you know fewer players in the game. And it's just uh, yeah, it's it's just not going to be great for consumers. Like we want a lot of competition. We want people pushing the boundaries. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm just not happy to see it. And, uh, yeah, if I was to give some, some advice, uh, to Nikon, I mean, I don't know, to be honest, I don't think that killing off, uh, your SLRs right now is the right play. I could be, uh, totally wrong. I think you really have to, uh, you know, go where the winds are blowing. And this isn't just for Nikon, really any can, uh, any um, of the camera companies out there that obviously, I mean, all of the uh, upper management of those companies, of course, are listening to this podcast and of course are uh, going to take our advice. Um, what people, uh, m me, myself, uh, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that Michael's going to agree with me here. What I want, I want a full frame camera. I want to be able to shoot um, photos and videos on one system. I want uh, a operating system that is completely intuitive. I want to be able to flip the screen around and I want to be able to do all of my settings like in selfie mode while I'm shooting a vlog. Uh, we need great support for sound. Uh, we need good glass at a good price. Uh, and I mean, if you can pull off all of those things, then you're gonna be you're gonna be dominating. You're gonna be seriously yeah. dominating. At least when we're talking about consumer cameras, cinema cameras is uh, is a whole nother issue and pretty irrelevant since Nikon doesn't even make one. So, <laughs> yeah, man. I think the last point I'll just make is you know we had a long conversation the other day around uh, how important it is to just read the situation and and to adapt. Mm. And mm -hmm. I think the Nikon's best approach could just be not only adapting and saying that hey mirrorless is big let's be mirrorless but also like you know how what is going on right now what is the consumer trends what are the consumer trends not only for photography 
not only for that, but also like in what they use it for in, in, in what people are doing and in, in, in what they're not doing. And, and for, you know, one thing I thought that was really good that Canon did and Nikon did was they, they came out with software that made it really easy to just plug and play your camera in because they knew that streaming was growing. And if they can find ways to just like figure out what those markets are and, and continue to play, uh, to innovate within them, especially Nikon, I think they really need it. They got to find a way to stay relevant because if they just go mirrorless and say we have good mirrorless cameras that's not going to be enough guess guess what sony has better ones yeah so you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to do better than that yeah, yeah they're gonna have to be cheaper or they're gonna have to have features uh that sony isn't able to implement and maybe that's 6k maybe that's 8k maybe that's extra frames I don't know, but maybe uh, it makes streaming it. easier. Maybe it, you know, it, it it's some of maybe the smart comes, options came, that we talked about on the last episode. If it came with, yeah, if it came with the the proper uh, HDMI cord and whatnot for streaming yeah. and software that made streaming easy, something like that, man. Yeah, they have to they have to really find their niche. If their niche before was we make the cheapest SLRs that you can buy for six hundred bucks, it's not that anymore so yeah. i don't know what it is now i don't know what their identity is now to be honest going to tie it back <laughs> that's a beautiful way look to look at close that it. and yeah and that is the type of professionalism and really pure pure genius of photography brothers 100 um, that people are uh subscribing and following in mass for uh, is topics that weave together perfectly with news stories, bringing you everything that you need to know about photography. I don't think you even have to listen to any other podcast no. about photography um, or or really anything else. So we're going to be here every week for you guys. I think we're making this weekly, right? Yeah, I think so, man. Let's try right. it. You heard it. You heard it here, folks. This uh, this podcast is a weekly podcast. Uh, I think we're going to release every Wednesday. So look out for that here on the um, the Galaxy Channel. Change the name on the Galaxy Channel yeah. and uh, over at Photography Brothers on Spotify. Hopefully iTunes soon. Michael, thank you uh, for being here with me again, my brother. It's been an amazing conversation. Um, I definitely had a lot of things uh, cleared up by talking to you today. I'm definitely going to have a better, uh, more relaxing Sunday, and I'm just going to sleep better at night now uh, Now that we have all of these, uh, all of the ducks in a row here. So oh, yeah, Thank man. you for that, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's uh, even if just for the conversation. Always enjoy these these episodes, man. And uh, yeah, thank you again uh, to the viewers and uh, and the listeners and uh, and everybody out there. Uh, we are going to continue to learn. We're going to continue to improve and grow as as uh, as artists and as photographers. And uh, and we want to be here um, for that ride with you guys uh, as you learn and grow with us. So we will see you back here really soon.